everyone. I am so glad you are here with me today. Happy New Year. We are at a fresh new start. Whether you like to start fresh with New Year's resolutions or all these things, you know, some of these things, you know, that we make these promises to ourselves and, you know, I'm not going to have coffee for this year. I'm going to be healthy and we don't keep those things. It's crazy, but we have fun trying, don't we? So I just, I'm glad you're here. I really am. I really, in my own personal devotions and prayer life over the past few weeks, I have just felt a tug from the Lord to be refreshed. Just to, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I don't know what that means. I can't define that. But you get that whisper, you know, in your ear. And I feel the Lord saying, it's, it's just, it's okay. It's okay. Be refreshed. So today I want to talk about something. I actually, I had a, a different mindset and a different verse and, and then the God spoke up yesterday twice loud and clear. And I was like, okay, Lord, you've got something that you need me to remember and for me to share. So my statement to you today is our disunity will be our own undoing. That's kind of a mouthful. I had heard that statement many years ago and in a different situation. And, but it always stuck with me because it applies to many things in life. So let's dive into that a little bit. But I do want to start with Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So let's do this again. Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you and me, right here, just the two of us, you and me, to live at peace with everyone. Ooh. You know, I think I've heard that verse over and over and over, and it wasn't until a friend of mine said on her wedding day, this is the verse that her mother left with her. And her mom said, you are leaving our family. You are marrying into another family. And whatever it is within your power to live at peace with your husband and your new family, you are marrying into a new family, to live at peace with them, your in-laws, you need to do that. You need to do that. And I was like, I never would have thought of applying it in that situation. But it just made me realize there are so many situations that the Lord is telling us to live at peace with each other. I personally want to start this year off right. I don't know what this year is going to bring. We didn't know what last year was going to bring. But for that matter, I didn't know what 1995 was going to bring or 19 whatever. You can just, you know, throw in a year. We never know what it's going to bring. But to the best of my ability, I want to start this year off correctly and doing it right. You know, there are so many situations in life that I am seeing right now. I personally have signed off for the entire month of January from Facebook. I am so tired of seeing people badger each other. People, oh, I'm only joking. I'm only kidding. Um, you know, saying cruel things. You, you just hear it from everywhere. We just are bombarded with people either sharing their opinion, feeling they have the right to share their opinion. You know, we can go on a social platform like Facebook or other platforms and share what we want because I'm not face to face with you. 
I am not staring at you in the face and watching your body language and watching your eyes tear up or watching you get hurt and kind of go, I can't believe she just said that to me. I can text you, I can tweet, I can Facebook, I can message, I can email. There are so many things. I can go on Instagram and post a picture and I, it doesn't really matter because you know what you say doesn't hurt. It doesn't because I can't see you. No, 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 no. We need to go back to the verse as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone. So yesterday, no, not yesterday, a few days ago, I am involved in another social platform and it is not a faith-based platform. And um, so I had a uh, comment, I guess you would say, left on, and this person was crude and rude. He cursed at me. Uh, I think he not, I don't think it was directed at me personally, but it was just directed at, he's tired of Christians. And basically what he said was Christians have ruined America. I'm not going to go into what I had, the um, project that I had worked on on this other platform. I had shared my faith just a little bit, you know, and basically said that I was a Christian and it slipped it in there. But it was nothing to do with a, if you want to say, religious type conversation. But what had happened is there were two Christian women that came on and commented, I'm so glad you are a Christian woman. It just made this situation or this discussion even better. They were excited and they didn't say anything that I would say would be judgmental or anything like that. But this man just, I guess he's just got to be in his bonnet, so to speak. And he said, the problem with Christians is they have ruined America. Now, I had to delete this man's comment, obviously, because it just was inappropriate for um, the message I was trying to get across. But I have to tell you, I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I was saddened. It just irked me, like my inners, that we as Christians, you and me, have created such an environment for people to look at Christians in a bad way. Now, I'm not saying that as a believer, we have a certain stand to take for the Lord, that we are Christians and all that, but we tend to use that platform for our own benefit. There are times and places that as a Christian, we need to know our place. It does not give us the right to do anything we want, whenever we want, and whenever we feel like it. If it did, that Bible verse that says, live at peace with everyone, to the best of your ability would not be in scripture. Again, there I, I'm not gonna go into the time and place that we should speak out, but what I'm saying is, what are we doing that we have left such a bad taste in people's mouths about being a Christian? Now, obviously, if the man cursed and he made that comment, he does not know the Lord. But really, when I read his remark, it was so harsh not so much that he cursed, but it was harsh in the sense that it woke me up to say, what did we do to cause this? Our disunity will be our own undoing. What are you and I doing to each other? 
What are we doing? We voice our opinions to each other. Well, this is how I feel. And we walk away as if it's okay. Or we lash back at each other. Well, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just going to tell you how I, what I'm thinking. We need to stop doing this. I think many times when I look at Christians and I just, it's funny, I just had a conversation with someone and um, there are two people in a, in a, in a situation and, and without going into trying to keep this sort of, you know, without divulging too much information, but we were watching them have a conversation, me and someone else, and they're both on the same team, so to speak. And the one person was so kind and so caring and was okay. So it's okay. And the other one just kept like, and I thought to myself, there I go, but by the grace of God. I need to recognize myself that for me, I need to live in peace with as many people to the best of my ability that I can do. Again, what are we doing to each other? We have become very unfeeling as a Christian people. I think we've become very selfish as a Christian people. We've become very opinionated as a Christian people. When we've accepted the Lord in our life that does not give us the right to do whatever we feel like, we should be, have become more humbled. We, as a Christian people, have given Christians a bad name. We fight amongst ourselves. We have caused church splits. Uh, we've caused fights in situations that shouldn't be. Living in an unpeaceful situation has caused not only fights, but wars. And it really, if the Christians, the non-believers, the non-Christians are looking at us as Christians and we're fighting and they look at a church down the street that used to have two, three, 400 cars in the parking lot. And now there's six cars. They're laughing. They are laughing at us. Why? Because we couldn't decide on what color to paint the walls. So I'm leaving the church. I want pews and you want chairs. There's a church split. I even heard of a church that had a church split over the fact that they took the pulpit out of the church and put a table up instead. Really, people? Really? We are going to fight amongst ourselves over the fact that we have a pulpit versus a table. When there are people dying and going to hell. The Bible tells us to live at peace to the best of our ability. It is not in scripture. It is nowhere in the Bible that says you must have a pulpit in the front of that church. And the walls must be painted white and you must have pews. Now, my personal preference might be I like the walls blue and I prefer the pews and I like a table. You might like the walls white and you want chairs and you prefer a pulpit. That's our, you know, when you go home, you can decorate all you want. In the church, there has to be a level of this. And after a while, we have to agree to disagree. I want blue walls. You want white walls. Whoever's the decorating committee, if they decide on light pink walls, I personally don't like it. But you know what? I'm not there to stare at the walls. I'm there to hear a message to get me on fire for the Lord. I'm there to bring a friend, a neighbor that needs to hear the gospel. I'm there to encourage someone. I'm there to serve the Lord in any way he sees fit. Why are we becoming so disconnected as a body of Christ? Hmm. 
When I look at this man that left the comment, he was frustrated with Christians because he feels they've ruined America. Now, as another Christian, you might be sitting here shaking your head saying, Lynn, you got it all wrong. I'm basing this on the verse to, that says to live peaceably to the best of our ability. Now, again, there is a time and place to take a stand, but there's been so many times we have let our guard down as Christians and we're nitpicking with each other and we're fighting with each other and we're not talking kindly to each other. And the bottom line is the Lord told us to be humble in spirit. If I was humble in spirit, I wouldn't be, you know what? I'm going to make my point and I'm going to show you I am right. That's not a humble spirit. That's a, you know, hoity spirit. That is not what the Lord wants us to have. I had a situation many years ago. We're probably talking 30 years ago at this point. I was teaching in a business college. It was not, it was a secular college. It was not Christian by any shape of the imagination. And the one class that I had there was a class to teach people who basically needed to get reestablished in life. And some of them were able to choose to be in this class and some by governmental assistant that they were getting were told you must go back to school and you must take certain classes. So some of them were not there of a free will and they let you know it, they did not wanna be there. So it was a tough class to teach. Now, um, I was 30 years younger and not as uh, strong in the Lord as I am now, but I still knew where I stood what my faith was and what I believed. But because it was secular, I was not able to share the gospel. I was not able to share my testimony, so to speak. I couldn't talk about things openly of the Lord. Listen, that's the job I chose and I didn't have the right to do what I wanted just because I was a Christian. I needed to abide by the rules, which I did. Whether I agree with it or not, if I don't agree with it, I should have found another job, but I was fine. I, I was fine. I was there to teach a whole different topic. It wasn't a biblical topic. Went in, met my students, and you know, basically handpicked other, these people wanna be here and these people do not. And over the next week or 10 days or so, um, people, you know, you come in on a Monday, hey, what'd you guys do over the weekend? This one had a party, this one did this. And they'd ask me, what did you do? Oh, I went to church on Sunday and you know, we had an outreach on Saturday and, you know, and I just shared what I did over the weekend. Not preachy, nothing like that, just shared. Well, fast forward months into this program, one of my students lived a different lifestyle than I would consider um, okay in the eyes of the Lord. But he's not a Christian, so he's using a different rule book than I am. And I wasn't judging. I, it's not my place to judge him. My place is to win him to the Lord and then let the Lord speak to his heart. That's the way I believe scripture tells us to go about things. Needless to say, this man and I built a relationship. He was a great student. We had a lot in common and he enjoyed my class and I, I could see he wanted to learn and we would share. I would, I would give him extra information for class and it was great. Toward the end of class, his life partner, if you want to say, passed and his life partner had cancer. And he, this man in my class, my student was devastated. And, and again, not agreeing with his lifestyle, my heart went out to him. He lost somebody that he truly loved. I did not agree with his lifestyle, but this man still needed to know the Lord. 
So he invited me to the funeral, which was a little awkward because of, you know, everything that was involved in it. But I went for a brief moment. I went to the viewing, paid my respects. And I told him, I will go home and I'll be praying for you. He said, no, pray for my partner. I said, I can't pray for him. He's passed, but I can pray for you. And I said, I'm going to pray that the Lord allows you to have a unique and special peace. And I told him, I'm also going to pray that the Lord reveals himself to you. And he kind of looked at me like, what does that mean? And I left. Weeks later, it was time for this man to graduate from this particular class that I was teaching and he moved on. But he left me a lovely note and he just thanked me for not being a judgy Christian. And he said he still hasn't found the same faith that I have. Now this is 30 years ago, but he appreciated that I took the time and I showed him that a Christian can be an okay person to be around. Now I never spoke openly, you know, and preached at him or shared scripture or anything like that. I couldn't do that with the class, but my actions, they knew that there was something different about me. They just knew my lifestyle. They had met my husband. They had met my oldest son when he was little at that time. They just saw in us something different. Do people see something different in you? Do they see you as a person of peace? Do they see you as a person that when you're in the room, there's just a peace? Oh, there's something, there's something different. I feel comfortable with that person. I feel like I could ask that person anything. Or are you the kind of person that's always stirring the pot? You always have an opinion. You always have something to say. When somebody asks you a question, you're always just kind of right there to jump at it and say something. You snap your fingers. You've got a snappy personality. My one friend calls it a crispy personality. You're always crispy. Or are you at somebody who can just show peace? Are you, are you that person that goes by that verse? Let me go back to that verse. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Can people see that in your life? When they see you, do they see that in you? Do they feel that in you? Do they feel peace in you? You know, my older son, who is now a pastor at his church, and their main mission in their, in their church is to go after the one. That's how they refer to it. Go after the one, the one person. The one person in your life, the neighbor, the one person in your life, the family, the one person in your life, the coworker, somebody that needs the Lord, go after that person. But I remember when my son was just, you know, preteen, teenager, kind of coming into his own. He was raised in a Christian home and he was starting to get to that point where like, is this faith really mine? Do I own it? Or is this just what my parents taught me? And I remember at a very young age, him telling me, Mom, I find it amazing how the Lord met people where they were at. I honestly don't think I ever looked at that until my son, who was like 12, 13, 14 years old, pointed that out. You know, I have to remember just because he's my younger son and, you know, I'm the parent, I'm supposed to know it all. I don't know it all. He's also my brother in Christ. And the Lord is speaking through that young man at a very young age. But the Lord used my brother in Christ who is on earth, my son, to teach me something. That the Lord met people where they were at. And I said to him, Graham, what, what, what do you mean by that? He said, Mom, think of the woman at the well. And I remember this. I could tell you right where we were standing. 
when he shared the story with me. He said she was at the well in the middle of the afternoon where it was scorching hot. And then at that point, nobody would be going to the well most likely during that time period because it was too hot. So in a sense, she was trying to hide. She was sneaking out to get water while she would know nobody else would be around. This woman did not live a good lifestyle. She did not live just like this man that I knew as a student in an appropriate lifestyle. And she was a woman. And in those times, you did not talk to a woman. And she was a Samaritan. So the Lord meets her during noontime, where it's the hottest point of the day, where she would be alone at the well. She's a woman. She's from a different culture than him being Jewish should talk to. And she's a bad lady. She's not living a good lifestyle. And here's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, my Savior, talking to a person. He really, back in the day of the laws and everything that was outlined for them, he shouldn't be talking to her. But he went up to her and talked to her and told her, you need to have faith. You need me in your life. The Lord met her where she was at. Most of us would not do that. Oh, you know what? I don't mix with those people. I don't get involved in that culture. But yet we have a lot of opinions and we state a lot of things that we should not be stating. Are we living in peace? I'll go back to my original statement. Our, yours and my disunity with each other will be our own undoing. How will it be our own undoing? We have caused hurt feelings amongst brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I. I'm sure you can think of a situation where you've caused a situation amongst a brother or sister. We are not representing our Savior well. We have caused church splits over pews, paints on the wall, a table or a pulpit, or other junk like this, and that's what it is. We have not caused, if you want to say, or allowed a church split to happen on the fact that most times they're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have left churches because our feelings got hurt and I don't associate with, associate with these people anymore. What does Romans tell us to live peaceably to the best of our ability? People are watching, just like my student watched me. People are watching, just like that man that left the comment. People are watching. They're watching. You call yourself a Christian? Prove it. You want me to know your God? Prove it. You think I should have faith? In, in this creator that you call God, prove it. And they watch what we do. You know, Satan, our enemy, he did a great job. He's probably sitting on the sidelines watching, hysterically laughing at us. He's done his job. He doesn't need to worry about the unsaved. He went after the Christian. If I can stir the pot, if I can get them to fight amongst themselves, if I can get them to sit in church and I'm not, not sitting in the pew with that one, I'm going over here. I've heard people say that, yeah, I don't sit with them. 
I go to a different service because I don't like who's at the first service. We go to the second service. Oh, my word. What are we doing to each other? What does Romans tell us to live peaceably amongst ourselves to the best of our ability? People are watching. Why would this man say Christians have ruined America? What image have we set for him? Now, I don't know his background. I know nothing about him. But he represents a people that have looked at Christians in such a way to say, I don't want anything to do with them. Oh, that's sad. What does your neighbor say when they look at you? Do they find you to be a peaceable person? Are you somebody kind and always has an encouraging word? Or are you somebody that's always snapping at them and barking at them? You know, I don't like the way your fence looks, or I don't like, you know, instead of you offering a helping hand, you're nitpicking with your neighbor. You know, sometimes there are things in life I don't like. I need to just shut my mouth. I'm talking to me. I need to be quiet and let it go. It is not worth the fight. Bottom line is this. You and I, who have accepted the Lord into our life, have one job to do, and that is to bring people to Christ. How in the world are we going to bring people to Christ if you and I are fighting all the time, if you and I are disagreeing all the time, we spend more time worrying about the stuff that doesn't even matter, paint and pews and pulpits in the church versus are we preaching the gospel? What's the next outreach that I can bring my one person to? That's what you and I should be concentrating on. Again, we don't need to worry about the enemy. He is sitting on the sidelines watching and laughing at you and me. Why are we doing this? We get annoyed that somebody took our chair. They sat in our pew or whatever. You go to a function at a church event and, you know, I always sit at that table. Just get up and move. It's okay. You will survive. You will still get a plate of food. You will be okay. Wake up. That's all I can say is wake up, Christian. Do what we were told to do and live in peace with each other. Our disunity will be our undoing. If we are a united front, if we are in a circle and we are arm in arm and we are so tight, no one is getting in. No one is going to take us down. But you know what? We've allowed holes and pockets and I'm not going to hold your arm anymore. I'm not going to support you. I don't like that. And these holes and pockets is where the enemy can get in. And they can just, he can destroy our testimony as a Christian. What did this man who left this comment see in Christians? What have we done? We've allowed ourselves to send the wrong message. What can you do to change this year? How can you make a difference in living peacefully with your neighbor, your coworker, your spouse, your children, family members, people in your own church? It all starts with you. It starts with you and me. Yes, it's hard. There's things I don't like and I'm like, oh, I want to make my point. We need to live peacefully amongst each other. What can we be doing about this? How can you make a change this year? Maybe there's something you need to make right. Maybe you know you've had a situation with a coworker or your spouse, maybe your kids. You know, I hear people all the time saying, oh, I haven't talked to my son in 15 years. 
I, if I don't talk to my kids every day, I'm like <gasps> hyperventilating. I need, I need that connection with my kids. Does that mean we have a perfect relationship? Absolutely not. But you need to leave, live peacefully the best you can. Why are we allowing so many years of time to pass without connecting with each other? What can you do today to make a difference? Number one, we need to live peacefully in Romans 15, 18. I'm going to read it correctly, so I'm not paraphrasing it. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. How can you make a difference today? I was in church this past Sunday, and the verse that was in the bulletin and the theme of the message was in Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. This is the Lord speaking. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. I am challenging you to read the verse in Romans and then read this verse in Isaiah this week. I want you to read it. I want you to dissect it. I want you to ask the Lord, how do I need to apply this in my life? I want the Lord, you to ask the Lord, Lord, create in me a new thing this year. So here's what I want you to do. Study those verses apply them to your life, ask the Lord what he needs you to do, what he wants to do through you to make a new thing. The other thing, I'm going to ask you a favor. I want you to pray. I want all of us that are listening, a couple hundred of us to boldly before the throne. I want us to go before the throne and lift this man up. I don't even know his name that left this harsh comment. He doesn't even know that I prayed for him. But I want you and me, I want to ask you as my friend to pray for this man and storm heaven's gates and say, Lord, show yourself, show yourself to this man in a clear, precise, and in a bold way that only God can. If you ever study the life of Saul and what he did to Christians, and then God gripped his life and he converted to Paul. And look what Paul did. We study Paul's teachings. But prior to knowing the Lord, he was Saul. He was a mean dude. He did nothing good for Christians, but God gripped his life. So pray with me for this man. Leave a comment below. I would love for you to leave a comment to say, I'm on board, Lynn. I want to have something new created in me. I want the Lord to... Do a new thing in me. And I am praying for this gentleman. Can you only imagine if this man is a Saul and he gets converted to Paul? He'll never know our name. He'll never know that we prayed for him. But God could do a miraculous work in his life. Maybe he will be the 2021 Paul to do a revival in a church, do a revival somewhere. We have no idea what God can do. I am challenging you and asking you as my friend to pray with me for this man. If nothing else that will happen, if this man gets saved, we will save him from going to hell for eternity. Will you join me? Will you join me? Will you join me in allowing God to do a new thing in your life? 
Will you allow God to stop our disunity? Will be our undoing. Stop being the one that does not show peace amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our disunity will be our own undoing. Right now, today, that's it. Starting fresh, we're going to put a stop to that nonsense. Join me. Will you do that? I'm looking forward to next week to see what God has for you and me on the next podcast of Hope for Today.